Well, good morning, church family. That's better, that's better. It was great to see all the little kids running up here this morning to give their offerings and see them so excited to be at church. And I think Skeeter hit it kind of right on the head when he said we should all be that excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I don't get up here very often, uh, but it's great to be back with you guys again here this morning. Now they say it's like riding a bike. Um, I'm just hoping this morning it's not like falling off of a bike. So... Uh, We're going to spend a few minutes this morning just kind of talking through this idea of new beginnings. I hope that you guys all had a great New Year's, and I hope that this first week of the new year has been wonderful for you. And as we reflect on this new year, as as we start to think about, as we start to plan for this new year, we also have an opportunity to reflect on what last year may have looked like. And maybe last year was a fantastic year for you. Maybe it was the best year of your life, and I hope that it was. Or maybe last year was not such a hot year for you, and you couldn't wait to see December 31st come and go so that you could get a fresh start. Now, there's something cool about a new year in the fact that we get to sit down and think about what do we want this year to look like? And maybe we had a fantastic 2022, and we're hoping to build on that momentum and carry that into 2023, or maybe, again, we're just happy that 2022 is over and let's move on. But we get an opportunity to make a fresh start. Now, really, we get a lot of opportunities to make a fresh start because every month is a new month, and every Monday, yes, I said Monday, is a new Monday, and every day is a new day. So yes, January 1st is kind of a big deal, but really we get a chance to have a fresh start each and every day when we wake up in the morning, when the alarm goes off, or for those of you who are fortunate enough that don't wake up to an alarm, whenever you decide to wake up, you have an opportunity to make that day better than the day before. And as we sit here and we think about what do we want 2023 to look like, I know a lot of you very well. And I know a lot of you, we have some goal setters in our crowd here. And I know a lot of you took some time to sit down and maybe even put pen to paper, or for those of you who don't use pens and papers anymore, typed out on the keyboard, and you made some goals, and you set some parameters, and you set some ideas of what your 2023 could or maybe should look like. And sometimes those things are very simple. I'm going to try to exercise more, right? I think we all make that one every year, and then if you're like me, doesn't always work out so well for you. Or maybe 2023 is going to be the year that you eat better. Or maybe 2023 is going to be the year that you give up some bad habits that you need to get rid of. Or maybe 2023 is going to be the year that you start some positive habits and what that could actually look like for you. And that's exactly what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the story of Paul and his conversion from what he was called previously, which was Saul, to what he was called later on, which was Paul. And you may be thinking about this past year and saying, well, yeah, I made some mistakes, and maybe I didn't do some things as well as I could have. But that's exactly what we look at when we look at the life of Paul. Paul was about the worst dude you could imagine and went on to not only be used by God, to be used in such a big way that he wrote about half of the New Testament. But I don't want to just look at this story because I know this is a familiar story for many of you. But I want to, when we get to the end of this story, I want to challenge you to think about some of the aspects of this story and how it may relate to your life. 
And what I want to start out by doing is I want to start out talking about and thinking about who exactly was Saul? Who was Saul? And in just a minute, we're going to talk about his journey on the road to Damascus and how, and how Jesus changed his life around. But I want to think about and I want to talk about and I want to look at who was this guy who used to be referred to as Saul? So let's look at a couple of passages of scripture that I think is going to tell us everything we need to know about Saul. And we're going to start in Acts chapter 8, verse 3. It says, but Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. If we continue in the same train of thought, you flip over to Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. It says, meanwhile, Saul, still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, he went to the high priest. It says, and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So that if he found any there who belonged, who, who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Acts chapter nine, or excuse me, Acts chapter twenty-six. We're going to continue with this thought. It says, "I was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth." It says, and that. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. It says, on the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And, then, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. It says, many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. It says, I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. So this gives you a little snapshot into who this guy Saul was. He was a bad dude. He, he had built quite the reputation for persecuting Christians. He stood by and watched as Christians were murdered. He even voted to kill them. He was even a part of Stephen's stoning. It was said that he held the coats of the men who were stoning Stephen. So he was not only buying off on the idea of Stephen being stoned for his faith, but he was actually helping the people that were doing it. He was a bad dude. He was a hated dude, kind of like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, right? He was just hated, universally hated. Sorry, I, I had to throw that in because I wasn't here last week and Jason took some shots at my Dallas Cowboys. So I, I kind of had to, you know, had to get him back a little bit there. But hope, hopefully Jason's watching this morning. But anyway... Saul was a bad guy. Now, the reason that I bring all this up is because you have to kind of understand where Saul came from to understand where he goes once he is referred to as Paul. See, he kind of had multiple names, right? He, he went by Saul. And then after his conversion, and at about Acts chapter 9, verse 13, I believe, from there forward, he's referred to as Paul. Saul was a bad guy. Now, you may be thinking... But, but how, does this, how does this play into this idea of new beginnings or this idea of fresh starts? Well, what you're going to see in just a few minutes is that when Jesus shows up, when Jesus comes on the scene, he gives Saul that fresh start. And maybe that's what you're needing this morning. And you're saying, but Aaron, I'm not out murdering Christians. I'm not out persecuting Christians. But that's exactly the point. 
is you may have had a bad 2022, and let's just be honest, maybe you didn't grow in your relationship with Jesus like you would like to, or, or maybe you didn't attend services as much as you'd like to, or you didn't spend as much time in the Bible as you'd like to, you didn't spend as much time in prayer as you'd like to. Jesus can help you have that fresh start that you want and that you need in 2023. So we're going to look at this, at this story of from Saul to Paul, his conversion and the change of heart that he was given by allowing Jesus into his life. Now, there's a couple accounts of this in the book of Acts, and we're going to look at Paul. We're going to look at his kind of firsthand account. So if you would, turn with me to Acts chapter 22, and we're going to start in verse 6. So again, Acts chapter 22, we're going to start in verse 6. And we're going to read kind of his own account of this encounter that he had with Jesus. And we'll look at a couple of, of key elements, but then I want to give you some food for thought as we complete this story in a few minutes. It says, About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. Now, I love that, that, that they're careful to say that it was about noon. So it was bright out. It was the middle of the day. This wasn't Saul being tired and having a dream or hungry and not thinking straight. This was the middle of the day. A bright light shone, and it says, I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, I want you to put yourself in Saul's shoes at this point. Saul is on the road to Damascus to do what? To persecute Christians, right? He had just gotten permission to go do this. He is on his way to persecute Christians, and who shows up on the scene? But Jesus himself. Now think about that for just a minute. Maybe you're having an issue with somebody. You've been talking bad about somebody. And then what do they do? All of a sudden they're right there. And they just kind of show up. And of course Saul is confused. Saul doesn't really know what to think at this point. It says, who are you, Lord, I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. So Jesus is speaking directly to Saul. He's speaking directly to him on the road with this blinding light in his eyes. But the other companions that were with him, the other people that were going along with him to do these evil deeds, didn't see or understand exactly what was going on. Because Jesus was sending a wake-up call to Saul. And maybe, maybe each and every one of us need a wake-up call, just like Saul got. Maybe we need Jesus to kind of stop us in our tracks and say, hey, you need to make some changes in your life. Let's go ahead and continue with our story. It says, what shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. And there you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. It says, my companions led me by the hand into Damascus, because of the brilliance of the light had blinded me. So, so Jesus actually blinded Saul, right? He needed to stop Saul dead in his tracks. And I can't think of a better way to do that than to cause him to lose his sight. Because you can just imagine that. You're traveling, you're walking down the street, and all of a sudden this blinding light and you can't see. See, this was Jesus' way of waking Saul up is he had to stop him dead in his tracks. And he had to do something kind of miraculous, as we see Jesus do throughout the New Testament, to kind of wake people up, to shake people up, to let them know who's in charge. And that's exactly what we see Jesus doing in this passage. Verse 12 says, A man named Ananias came to see me, and he was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all of the Jews living there. And he stood beside me and he said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. 
And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Now, Ananias is kind of a cool character, and, and if we had more time, we would look at a little bit more of Ananias's backstory in chapter 9 of Acts, so I encourage you to do that when you have time. But Ananias, understandably, wasn't so sure about this mission he'd been given to help Saul, because he'd heard the stories. He knew about Saul. He knew that Saul was a bad dude, and he didn't really, wasn't really sure that he wanted to get involved in this situation. He wasn't really sure what Jesus was telling him to do. And some people even say he was being disobedient. But, but he, he, he just wasn't sure. Because imagine this. Imagine this. That, that, that Jesus tells you to go to somebody who is a murderer or at least assisted in murdering Christians just because of their faith. And somebody says, hey, Ray, I want you to go help them out. We'd probably all be in that same situation as Ananias and be like, uh, Lord, are you sure that's what you want me to do? Are, are you sure that's what you had in mind for me? But in the end, Ananias, being a devout believer, did exactly what Jesus was asking him to do. And we see that continue to unfold. As he says, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at last, the very moment I was able to see him. It says, and then he said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see his righteous one and to hear the words from his mouth. He's kind of telling, Ananias is kind of explaining what has just happened. Because as you can imagine, Saul is probably a little bit in shock at this point. He, he just received his sight back and he's probably going, whoa, what just happened? What exactly is going on? And Ananias is literally leading him by the hand to help him understand the situation. Verse 15 says, you will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, that, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, wash your sins away, calling on his name. Wow, a lot of stuff to unpack in these two verses. But I love that Ananias says, hey, what are you waiting for? You've got your sight back. Now go do what you need to do. And he's explaining to him what he needs to do to find favor with Jesus. He says, get up. And what's the first thing he tells him to do? Be baptized. There's still so much debate over baptism in the world, of whether or not baptism is necessary. But you need look no further than verses like this that tell us the very first thing he told him to do was to be baptized for the remission of his sins. Hey, get up, go get in the baptistry. Or in this case, the river or wherever, they, wherever he was going to be baptized. But you get the idea. The first thing he told him to do was be baptized. It says, when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance. And saw that the Lord was speaking to me. Quick, he said, Leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. So now the Lord is speaking directly to Saul again. And he's telling him, look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to leave where you are because they're not going to listen. And I want you to go over here. Verse 19 says, Lord, I replied, these people know that I went from synagogue to synagogue to an, one to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. So Saul's kind of pleading his case to Jesus, right? He's saying, wait, wait, wait. You want me to go preach the gospel. These people know who I am. They know what I've done. They're not going to listen to me. But Jesus had other plans. 
Verse 20 says, And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Verse 21, Then the Lord said to him, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Basically says, look, not only am I going to use you to tell your story, but I'm going to use you to tell your story to the non-believers. So go. Go do what I've asked you to do. Go do what I've commanded you to do. We all have a story. We all have a story about how Jesus has changed our lives. I have a story. Every one of you in here has a story. And those stories are very, very different, right? Maybe, maybe for some of you, you came to Jesus at a very young age, and you stayed the course, and you remained faithful all the way into your later years. That is fantastic. You have a very powerful story to tell about faithfulness and about the love of Jesus. Or maybe like a lot of us, you were baptized and you did your best to, to stay the course. And then at some point, you just kind of, kind of wandered off in the wrong direction like the prodigal son. I know I went down that road at one point in my life. And just like the prodigal son, Jesus brought you back. What a powerful testimony that you have to share with other people about the change that Jesus was able to make in your life. And that's exactly what he's doing with Saul. He's taking the man who was persecuting Christians, who was driving people away from Jesus, and using him to show the love of Jesus. Because, see, we all have a story to tell. And Saul had probably a more powerful story than any of us. But you all have a story. And that story is so powerful to help others see the love of Jesus. Saul goes on to become who we know as Paul and writes about half of the New Testament and has changed numerous lives and still to this day changes lives through his writing. He went from being about at the bottom of the barrel and as worse as he could be to being used probably as powerfully as anybody that we see in Scripture. And see, he can do that with you and I as well. Regardless of your past, whether you've been a Christian for 50 years or five minutes, Jesus can use your story for his good. Now, here's what I want you to think about, and here's the key question that I want you to, to look at. It's going to sound a little strange at first, but are you Saul or are you Ananias? In 2022, were you not living the life that you should have been living and you need that wake-up call from Jesus and you need that second chance from Jesus and you need that fresh start from Jesus? Or are you Ananias? And here's what I mean by are you Ananias. Maybe you had a fantastic 2022 and you grew in your relationship with Jesus and you spent time in the scriptures and you grew in your knowledge and your understanding. Maybe God is saying to you, hey, Great job in 2022. That's your year-end review, right? Great job in 2022, but here's what I need from you in 2023. I need you to go to those people that I'm putting in your life and help them see me. And that's a tough task. That's a tough task. But maybe that's exactly what he's calling you to do. He's calling you to be somebody's Ananias. He's calling you to use the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding that you have about the love of Jesus to bring somebody else to Jesus. You know, he puts people in our lives. 
And he puts people in our lives for a reason. And sometimes that reason is because he's wanting us to share Jesus with them. He's wanting us through our example and through our words and through our love and through our kindness to bring others to Jesus. And maybe that's where, as you look at 2023, you find yourself, and, and you can look back at 2022 and say, I'm, I'm really pleased with the way I led my life in 2022. I'm really pleased with the things that I did in 2022. But 2023, I need to be even better, and how do I take that to the next level? And maybe for you, that's to be like Ananias and to bring somebody in. Because there's no better feeling than introducing someone to the love of Jesus Christ. Now, we don't do that, right? The Holy Spirit does that, but he does it through us, and we have to be a willing participant in that. It's not, it's not easy sometimes. We've all been there, right? You feel like there's somebody that you want to help. There's somebody that you want to reach out to, and you just you kind of wrestle with it, and you go, uh, maybe not. Or, or maybe he puts somebody in your life that just drives you absolutely crazy. Somebody that you want nothing to do with. Sometimes that's exactly how God forms, and shapes us through Jesus. Ananias didn't want to help Saul. He wanted nothing to do with Saul. And honestly, for looking from the outside, looking in as believers, we could probably relate to that, right? Because if we were in that situation, we probably too would have been like, really, Jesus? This guy? The guy that was just dragging people out of the church and throwing them in prison for believing in you? You want me to go help him? See, God doesn't always call us to do what's easy. He doesn't always call us to do what's easy, but he calls us to do what's right. He calls us to show the love of Jesus to others. And it's not always easy, right? It's not always easy. Sometimes it's the difficult people or the downtrodden or the people that you want to cross the street, right, and walk on the other side from that need us the most. And sometimes those are the people that we walk right by. So I would encourage you as you start this new year to think about where you're at in your spiritual journey. Are, are, you, are you Saul, who now we know is Paul? Was last year just not your year? Was last year a year you looked to your own devices instead of looking to Jesus Christ? I want to encourage you to look at the ways that you turn that around in 2023. Because it's not too late. You're still here. God is still using you. It's not too late to turn that around. You have an opportunity for a fresh start. Or maybe we just need to open our eyes, just like Saul had his eyes opened, and start looking for those people that God has put in our path that we can help, that we can talk to, that we can love on, that we can simply show the love of Jesus to. Because a lot of times that's all it takes. See, God used Saul for a reason because he knew that Saul had a powerful story to tell. And I believe that each and every one of you have a powerful story to tell. We just have to be willing to tell it. We just have to be willing to talk to people about what Jesus has done in our lives and what he can do in their lives. These are some of the things that we can think about as we look at this idea for a fresh start is to open our eyes. Open our eyes. Start looking around. Start looking for those opportunities to show the love of Jesus to people. And I'm not saying stand on the street corner with a megaphone. I'm not saying hit people over the head with the Bible. But what I am saying is be open to those people who Jesus may have put in your life because they need to see Jesus in you. 
See, many people will never pick up a Bible, but they're watching you as a Christian, as someone who believes in Jesus, to see how are you treating people? How are you reacting to situations? Are you doing the right thing? Are you showing love to others? That's what they're looking at. And we need to have our eyes open for those opportunities. Spend time in the Word. If you want to have a better 2023, spend more time in the Word. Spend more time in Scripture. Spend more time knowing what it is that God is doing in this world. Spend time looking at what is the next world going to look like. Spend time in the Word. And we got to pray. The number one thing you can do if you didn't have the relationship with Jesus that you wanted last year, the number one thing you can do differently this year is spend more time in prayer. Because you're never going to fix a bad relationship by communicating less. But you can work on a bad relationship by communicating more. Whether it's with your coworkers, your siblings, your parents, your spouses. Less communication never solves the problem. But more communication can solve the problem. And you have an opportunity to talk to the creator of the universe. Who wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. Find a Barnabas. And I know this is totally off topic. But later on in Paul's story, he finds this friend, right, who helps him along the way. Who mentors him, who guides him, who walks side by side with him, who helps him. Find somebody in your life who can do that. And if you're fortunate enough to have a Christian husband or wife, you've already got that. And rely on that. We're better together. We're better when we have help. We're better when we have someone to walk alongside us. If you don't have that in your life, I want to encourage you to find that. Someone that can hold you accountable. Someone who can cry with you. Someone who can be a shoulder to lean on. Someone who can help you when you're feeling down. Somebody that can help you when you feel like you got no place to turn. We always have Jesus, but it never hurts to have somebody here that can help you with those things. Be thankful. Be thankful in 2023. Not just, in, not just in November, not just at Thanksgiving, but be thankful all year long. Because when we focus on the things that we're blessed with, when we focus on the things that we have to be thankful for, that's going to change our mindset. Because where you put your focus is going to be where your heart is. And if your focus is on Jesus and your focus is on the things that he has done for us, that's going to translate into our daily lives. And change your name. Saul went from being known as Saul to one of his other names, which was Paul. And from Acts chapter 9, verse 13 on, he's referred to as Paul. Now, I'm not saying you physically have to change your name, but that mindset... See, Saul didn't really change his name. He was known as Saul. He was known as Paul. But from there on, Jesus referred to him as Paul because it signified that transition in his life. What you and I want to be known as is a child of God, as a follower of Jesus. See, we need to see ourselves the way that Jesus sees us. And when we do that, we leave it all behind. The first thing he told Paul to do was to be baptized for the remission of his sins. And see, when you, when you put on Christ in baptism, you leave that old self behind. And maybe you didn't do that in 2023 or 2022, but we can focus on that this year, is leaving the old self behind, focusing on the new self, and focusing on being seen, being known, and seeing ourselves, most importantly, 
as a child of God. Maybe you haven't had the opportunity to put on Christ in baptism. Jesus is saying to you today, just like he said to Paul, what are you waiting for? Get up, get baptized, and let's get to work. And yes, I'm paraphrasing. That's not the exact scripture. But that's how I read that scripture. He's saying, hey, Ananias is saying, hey, dude, what are you waiting for? Come on, we got work to do. Get baptized, let's get rid of that old Saul guy, and let's move forward with Paul. And maybe you've never had a chance to do that this morning. I want to invite you to think seriously about putting on Christ in baptism. Because it will and it can change your life. And if you need to study about that, you want to talk about that, come see me, come see Jason, any of the staff. We'd love to talk to you about baptism. But it's such an important step in your journey. Or maybe you were baptized a long time ago. And in 2022, you just kind of, you know, went off the rails a little bit. It happens, right? What a great opportunity you have this morning to rededicate, recommit your life to Christ. And we'd love to help you do that through talking with you, through praying with you, through helping you in any way that we can. I'm going to invite our elders to come down front, and I'm going to invite Skeeter to come up, and he's going to lead us in what's called the Song of Invitation. And if we can help you in any way, if we can talk with you, if we can pray with you, if you have a desire to be baptized, we want to invite you to come forward as we stand together and as we sing. We delight in the love of your word. We delight in the Son who was perfect from birth. We delight in the day he's returning to earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We will bow our hearts because we are free as we raise our hands. To give you glory, Father of life and of love, an infinite word. We're delivered by blood that flows from the tree, draw us near to you. Vessels of your mercy before the invention of man, the glorious trinity. We delight in the law of your word. We delight in the Son who was perfect from birth. We delight in the days returning to earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.